welcome to Real ROI, the podcast for Australian marketing and automation with your hosts, Miles Agnew and Philip Parises. Welcome everyone to episode seven of Real ROI with your host, me, Philip Parises and... Miles Agnew. How's it going, Phil? How's your week been? Uh, it's been awesome. It's nice and hot in Sydney. I'm sure it's nice and hot where you are too, Miles. Yeah, it definitely is. We're getting up to the mid to the high 30s. Nice, nice. I think it's a, supposed to be uh, 43 tomorrow in old Sydney town, but not that I believe the weather people at all, but um, they're making a big fuss about it and it's um, obviously sending papers and got people worried. So typical media, um, making money out of it somehow, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh- I've just looked at the forecast here and it's uh, roughly the same sort of temperatures as well. As to be expected, which is cool. We're going through a heat wave. We're going through a heat wave. So Christmas period's over. Um, new Year's over. It's a new year's. So welcome to 2013, everyone. Thanks for tuning, tuning into our podcast once again. What do we have to talk about today, Miles? Uh, well, I'm going to talk about SMS marketing and holiday messages, basically giving gifts to your customers and, and value-adding uh, you know, joint ventures with other businesses to value-add uh, your offering in the new year. Awesome, uh, which sort of goes uh, along the lines of what I'm going to talk about. I'm talking about today uh, keeping, I guess, keeping in your client's mind while they're probably away on holidays or before you close down for the year or before they shut down, you know, keeping them fresh and basically they'll remember you for the next year that you're a service provider and your service is one of those services that might be one of those resolutions, maybe I don't need these guys anymore or something like that. Um, how to keep those clients going. Yeah, definitely. Right? And keeping them yeah, front of mind, is that is that the right word yeah. in the front of mind? Yeah. That's it, where they don't have to really consciously think about it. Like, when I say burgers, who do you think of? Yeah, McDonald's. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's, that's the sort of thing I'm talking about and how to keep that going for a service-based business. Yeah, so when someone mentions a product or that you sell and they automatically think your name, that's front of mind. That, exactly. That, that's where you want to be. Okay. Do you want me to get started this week? Yeah, I'll let you fire off first. Okay, Mars is in control this week, so I'm, I'm just asking for directions. It's all good. Uh, one thing I've been doing for many years uh, in many different businesses, that doesn't matter how many businesses I've been running at the same time, one of the things that's hit November, I am organizing gifts or cards to my clients to go out. I, I, usually, I usually plan the gifts and, and the cards to go out around the same time. They normally arrive before the 19th of December. The reason the 19th of December is just before everyone's totally chilled out for the holidays, before some offices close uh, that week, and that's probably the last day, and it's nice, you know, last thing they're walking out to and they get a gift. I normally do send the gift baskets with uh, biscuits, um, alcohol, depending on what the sort of client is, you just sort of get an understanding of what they like. I'm sending out a nice gift basket to remember how um, to actually thank them for being a client, and this actually works really well for people that haven't been your clients for a while, because what you can say in the cards is thanks for supporting us through the years. You don't actually have to say a direct Christmas message, thanks for being our client for 2012. Uh, you you don't need to say what year it was. You just say thank you for your support over the years, and thank you for um, being being valued cl- a client sometime through you know. 
through the last 10 years, you can say. Um, I've used this very successfully. I've actually brought back 20% worth of business because what you, what you miss out on sometimes is if you're sending someone a card, depending where you're sending it, of course, they could have, they could have been on their next venture. They're probably in another company sometimes. They've sent, you know, you might have, uh, they, they might be opening up another company. You don't know what they're doing. So you never know when these people, depending on what services you provide, of course, you never know when they need your service again. So it, by sending them a card, you're a constant reminder that, oh, yeah, that's right. Phil does this or Miles does this. So let's use these guys because they're always there. They're sending us gifts. We haven't used these guys in maybe two years or a year. And they're still sending us gifts and saying thank you for being a valuable customer. They might think we're crazy and then we're wasting our money. But at the same time, what would 20% of business be worth to you, Miles? Oh, 20% would be, yeah, high five figures. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I'm talking about. And being a service provider as a small business, yeah, the outlays of, say, sending a hamper to someone might be 30 bucks. But sending that hamper to someone and you say you have 20 or 30 of them to send, yeah, I, I agree. There's a lot of hampers to send out. But that's where you can actually call up a hamper company and say, hey, listen, I've got 30 of these things to send out. What's the best price you can give me? I would love to um, basically promote your hamper. Um, you can put your you know, your, your advertising on it or just use our card, what we want to say to the client, on the back and you can use your own own advertising at the front, and they'll cut you a deal, I'm sure, because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of hamper companies, especially during the Christmas period, that will be busy, and some that probably might not be, and that doesn't mean their quality is no good, but it, it can mean that hey, you know, they can afford your business, and they rather come to the table, and give you an awesome price. Yeah, definitely, and you'll find that there's a lot of businesses that just um, do this over the Christmas break as well. I've noticed that uh, you get like um, I know, kind of think of it. It's like the Country Women Women's Association do it. They do our uh, hampers for uh, corporate clients out in my area, and they do a little bit of advertising, but that's all they do. That's their sort of fundraiser for one part of the year. So yeah, you, you can really do some good as well as uh, obviously offering something to your customers as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And uh, one of the things, because uh, the actual hamper company has become a client, of course, with uh, Google Advertising with us recently, nice. uh, which is even even better because I got uh, started talking to them. I build rapport with the marketing manager and all of a sudden, they only spend from November to December. Can you believe that? Yeah, okay. It's only time they spend money. Yeah, they've got different hampers, and it's not like a Christmas hamper. It's not like just purely Christmas hampers they do. They do all sorts of business hampers, fruit hampers, etc. But because they have a client base for that time of year, uh, for the rest of the year, it, it's all good. But when it comes to Christmas, all of a sudden, all these little pop-up shops, if, 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 you, if you wish, um, with hampers and offering this, offering that, even your Coles and your Woolies now actually are starting to offer hampers. Yeah, they are. I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah, so they have a lot of competition these days. So that's the only time they start advertising. So what does that mean to a client? If you're someone and you receive, um, say, uh, a slab of beer, Miles, wouldn't you go, whoa, this is cool, this is awesome? Yeah, especially if you know your customer and you know what beer they're like. That's really important to really hit that home. 
Yeah, exactly. And what and one of the most important things with uh, with clients is actually getting to know your clients. So the best service you can give them not only are, uh, not only the service you're providing, being a marketer, a local marketing, um, anything, even a painter. Imagine talking to a, yeah, blah blah. What biz do you like? You never know what you're talking about. You go into a million different directions sometimes when you're talking to people. Just build that rapport. Go back to your notebook. Write down what beer this client likes or what wine this client likes. They might be vegan. They, there's all different things that they're a bit niche, I guess, you know, that you can think of and you can send it. And the client thinks, oh my God, this guy remembered I'm a vegan, uh, remembered I'm a vegetarian, or remembered I like Coronas over Crown Lager, or I like red or, or white wine. Yeah, definitely. All of a sudden, you've built that you've built that rapport back up. That not that you've lost it, but in the sense, I guess, uh, lost that uh, lost that connection with the client because they had you know someone was came into the business and they moved uh, hosts, for example, and they weren't using you anymore. Not, not that they're happy, unhappy with your service, but you know people get sold different things and they move around. It always helps to bring people back in. Exactly the same with the cards. Sending people cards, I um, sponsor the uh, RSPCA. I send everyone, even the people that get hampers, I actually send them cards from the RSPCA too. Nice. That's another thing. So I've got little puppies and, and cute little kittens. And uh, it's because I like them, not because I think they're cute and I think um, it's going to melt everyone's heart. I'm sure it does. But um, yeah, that's, that's why I do it because I, I support the RSPCA. I buy their cards. It's a donation more than buying the cards as such. And people love it. They always comment. Send me an email. Hey, thanks, Phil. Thanks, team. Thanks for the cards. We've got them up with the rest of the with our rest of the cards that other people have sent us. Um, uh, let's talk in 2013. We haven't used you guys in a couple of years. Um, good idea to get cho- uh, talking again. Let's go for a coffee. Yeah, nice. Very nice. Yep, yeah, and and that's my um cheap Christmas strategy, I guess. Yeah, it is very nice strategy. I I, I thought I thought at the start when I actually was doing this, I I was taught this from a, a PA. They came in to help me. Oh, okay. My business, and she goes, "Oh well, we always send them no matter what." I'm like, "I'm oh, wonder why they do that." And she goes, oh, "I'll give it a try." Like I, I know for a fact that a lot of people would come back, even that we haven't worked with them in a while. These people would come back, do business with us the next year. Awesome, that's great. Let's give that a try. It's been seven to eight years now. I think I've been doing it, and and to be honest, every year someone has someone has come back a few times, a few different clients are back, and I've I've I've, I've sort of reached the limit of about twenty percent, I would say. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and it's and it's great to receive stuff on Christmas. Of course, Christmas. who does who doesn't like a present? Yeah, definitely. So um, let's move on to like SMS marketing. It seems to be the the big buzz at the moment with uh, mobile marketing with apps and SMS. Um, I've got a lot of SMS integration with my domain name systems. Usually, uh, I, I love those SMS with your, your domain service miles. It it helps me remember when my domains are due and I don't lose anything. Yeah, very important. It, yeah, it's very important to have those um, like reminders. But you can also use it over the Christmas break to you know obviously wish everyone a uh, merry Christmas and your opening hours. Whether you're uh, a good example I can think of is a cafe that uh, is in town and they um, just started using this technique. And what they do is um, they have uh, a mobile app that does the coffee club. So you know mm-hmm. how you have you know five coffees and you get the sixth one free, or it could be yep. nine coffees and the tenth one free. The old punch card. Yeah, well, these ones scan. You know, obviously, a little you use a little barcode reader and it scans the barcode. Mm-hmm. 
uh, at the counter and it does account uh, for the coffee. So that's classified that. But what they also get to as part of the app is they get your mobile details. Mm-hmm. So the mobile goes to the app and you know when, when you scan, it says that you've scanned in your mobile number. And what can happen is this is a great technique is you can SMS those customers and say, hey, look, for for our very customers over the Christmas break where our, offer, our opening hours are going to be shortened, but we want to offer you a biscuit or a cake with your uh, coffee. Uh-huh, and, awesome. and, that, and they offer it to uh, the ones that are on this card. And what, what that does is those that haven't got a card then get a card uh, or the app. The app, yep. Yeah, so they get one, and then they obviously get the message as well. One of those, it's really simple, like an SMS. I think it, the average cost for an SMS on my platform is around in between five and eight cents, and it mm-hmm. and it's really simple. It it's a another way of communicating with your customers. Um, not all customers are going to like this. It's a certain niche of your market segment. Uh, in my business, it's usually the 18 to 25-year-old market demographic. Mm-hmm. They'll respond to SMS really well, whereas if I go above that sort of demographic, they don't really respond. Yeah, but, but then again, um, the opening to SMSs, I mean, have you ever got an SMS that you haven't opened? No. Yeah, so what, what, what does that have to say about opening rates? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so, th- so the message is going to get out there. It's going to get it. People are going to read your message if they like it or not. People will read the message. Yeah, and I think the unsubscribe rate for my SMS or domains is zero, because zero. they zero. all all want to know when their domains expire. And like, I don't obviously send SMSs every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you suggested the the SMS messaging to use on my e-commerce site. Too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You, which is something I'm, um, which is something I'm in in the press of integrating in. Yeah, because yeah. your market is perfect for that. Because mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you're you're selling mobile uh, accessories, and they're obviously going to have a mobile number. And if you can SMS to that number, it's it's going to get through more than email. Yeah, and, and it's amazing on the order form. Uh, one of the things I discovered recently with um, working on conversion rate optimization at the checkout process is. I leave the mobile area to put their mobile in, um, not required. I find nearly everyone has been completing the mobile every single time. I think uh, there was only one client that has not filled out their mobile. They actually put a landline instead of the mobile number. That's fair enough. Which is very interesting that, you know, normally a non-required field, a lot of people leave it alone. Yeah. You know, and uh, people have been filling it out, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, so... uh in the future, you could say, hey, thanks for being my customer today. Only those that get this SMS, here's the code for your shopping cart and awesome. get a massive discount. So, yeah, and you, and the conversions on that would be very high, I would imagine. And, um, yeah, definitely, we've, we've got to try that out. I think we should try that out. Yeah, let's let's try that out and see how well it works. I'm, I'm actually very interested in trying something along the lines with the SMS is actually providing a link directly from the mobile to the shopping cart to their wish list products. That's what something I'm trying to do at the moment. Uh, so basically say, hey, you're, you've, you've put a few things in your wish list in your cart. Uh, we've noticed that you haven't bought anything in a while, say, say it's the two or three months period. Um, here's a 20% voucher, Merry Christmas. And once you click it, it just adds everything into um, from their wish list into their, their cart. Yeah. And with the 20%, that would be a nice thing to check out. Yeah, 
Very nice. So what else are we going to talk about? I actually have got this nice hot topic that I saw you posting on on a forum that I'm on. Ooh. And it's about AdWords, how people are just blowing money on AdWords. Yes, they are. They love blowing money on AdWords. And it surprises me that people are this narrow-minded in, you know, they spend five grand on AdWords and say, no, nah, it doesn't work. It's like... Ah, now I know what post you're talking about. Yeah, it's like advertising um, women's lingerie in a kitchen. And, and, and a spending $5,000 and thinking, oh, what a waste, AdWords didn't work. Yeah, in a kid's magazine who kids don't wear lingerie and it's the market's totally different. Yeah, and, but they, they, they technically could be after the mothers, but that's not how Google thinks. Yeah, well, I, I guess the biggest issue I find with, uh, I'm actually, um, on my computer, most ads are blocked, so I don't see them. I don't see the Facebook ads. I don't see the 30-second intros to YouTube anymore. I don't see any of that sort of stuff, so it really uh, doesn't affect me. That was one of the biggest changes I decided in 2013 is I'm not going to be bombarded with advertising because I'm on the internet to do a focused thing and I don't want to be distracted. But uh, what I'm finding or what I found previously is that advertising didn't hit the right messages. You know how I complained about, you know... Um, That's right, you're showing girls' um, clothing. Yeah, girls' clothing and yep. it was um, pregnancy tests. Pregnancy test, that's right. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? I pee on the stick and hope I get pregnant? It's just <laughs> not going to work. Amazing technology these days, Miles. It's awesome. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> want to know how I get implanted. <laughs> but um, so just give us a rundown on uh, about AdWords and what, what people are doing wrong. From my point of view, the thing that I see people doing wrong straight up is that they don't have a converting website to start with. Is that... that yeah, that, that's one of the highest, um, uh, I guess, uh, one of the biggest reasons people aren't making money off AdWords. It, it, it's, it, it starts off, AdWords starts off uh, somewhere along the lines of the business plan when you're preparing to run a business. And the number one thing that you need to know before you're starting a business is who your customer is going to be. Okay, Because if you don't know your customer, Google has no chance of matching the right people for your website. Obviously, knowing your customer, you'll build a website for that client, for that customer. Just call him Jim or Jill. And from there, you build a website for Jim and Jill. Right. So when you're advertising and using AdWords, I mean, obviously, the best advice I can give someone, besides if you have the money, go to an agency with proven results in your business niche. If they can show you proven results in saying your real estate, um, in a real estate business, and they can show, yep, this is what we did for XY real estate, and they could they can basically prove it, they can show you stats, they can show you conversions, they don't have to give you who the client is, but they should be able to show you something uh, that, that proves that they've worked on a client and uh, that they've converted for a client. That's the number one, one suggestion I would give, is go to a proper agency. If you don't have the money to spend 20% of, um, of your, of, I guess, of your media spend on an agency, that's cool. You can do things yourself. But let Google know who you're looking for, who you're trying to target. I remember in that forum post, actually, Miles, that people were complaining that they spent $5,000 yep. on a media campaign. I spent $5,000 before I started Luxury Cases 
on um, advertising for luxury cases when it was only a tiny site with almost no no products on. I think I had ten products, just as a user test to find out exactly what sort of people are coming to my site, uh, what the heat maps are looking like, so what this audience, my Jack and Jules, are doing on my website and how they interact with my website. So that's when I sat down and go, okay, cool. That was my testing phase. That was $5,000 just for testing. Some people, small businesses might say, that is that is crazy. But you know what? If you're going to do a business from the start and you you can go pay some coach $20,000 to come in as a consultant to tell you what you to do. I use Google. And with some uh, well-placed ads for the market from, a, from I guess, a, a top funnel sort of market, I see what people came through. I saw what people bought. Then I decided who these customers are and who my perfect jacking jewels are. Does that make sense? I know it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit tricky to understand, especially in the new age that creating a business plan was all about. This is what I'm, what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to sell. This is my marketing, and this is the sort of people I want. And I expect to make hundred fifty thousand dollars a year profit. That's the old school version. Yeah, the the market's changed. Uh, it, it, it's, it's about what the consumer wants, not what the business wants to sell. Exactly. So yeah, keep on going. Sorry. Yeah. So for example. You've got emerging markets, so based on your information, I would gather that you targeted um, some of your products grew, like your product range grew in certain ranges and shrunk in others. Would, would that Ex be correct? Exactly right. Some of the fancy things I thought would sell as a man did not sell at all. Absolutely bombed. The things that I I thought, nah, no way, no one would buy this crap, and it's not crap. It's, the products are awesome, but I just thought my personal opinion, I did not like. Um, they are top sellers to this day, and the site is actually full of these uh, products now that are, are top sellers. Yeah, and, and that's what it's all about. You want to give your customers what they want, um, not what you think they want. And that's a very, that's and very this, important. I learned that lesson very well. This is a massive thing in customer experience, and, and, and I guess um, I've been watching a lot of um, documentaries and stuff over the breaks, and this is one of the things that... Um, is common across all the major CEOs is that, um, that their biggest concern about their corporations is getting the products right for their customers rather than having it dictated down by you know business and uh, accountants that uh, have the potential to ruin, ruin product and innovation in a company. Exactly. I think one of, the, um, one of the sayings I said in one of our earlier podcasts is put a product for the client, not for the CEO of the company. Remember that? Yeah, definitely. And it, it's really, um, if, you, if you've noticed um, a lot of the products or a lot of the services as well are byproducts of they were trying to do something and they weren't really successful at it, but they were really successful at the implementation and uh, a lot of web hosting companies are like that because um, uh, the ones that I know uh, launched some r rather large websites, didn't work out too well, but then had all this infrastructure and then just sold it off to other people and leased it. And um, so they're making their money that way. Yeah, and, and perfect example of that. I'm not saying they weren't successful. I'm sure they were successful. I guess one would be Basecamp, uh, 37 Signals, which was actually a web development agency. That they built this awesome project management system that uh, that at the end of the day they don't make websites anymore. All they do is um, is run the project uh, management system side of the business. Yeah, and that's what was most profitable mm -hmm. for them, and that's what their business uh, or their customers told them that what they wanted. So, you, 
it, it, it's a no-brainer um, when it comes to that sort of stuff. But you've got to have the systems in place to monitor and and make those changes. Yeah, and at the same time, Amazon, Amazon AWS was actually supposed to be for Amazon's expansion. They didn't actually want to sell anything to consumers as such. They just wanted to um, have enough room and have enough growth, enough service to basically manage uh, how quick Amazon was going to grow in the future, right? But instead, they saw, hey, we've got all this infrastructure, we've got all these things we don't we don't need anymore at the moment for the world's population. Uh, uh, have we overkilled? How do we profit from our overkill? Yeah, and, and they're still growing to this day. And Amazon um, is rivaling Apple in the um, app market and also mm-hmm. the ebooks and MP3 market. Um, I'm a big fan of Amazon in that sort of market because they really compete with iTunes as far as delivering value and and the funny thing is the back end of all these large websites are using amazon so um yeah it's amazing times in the next couple of years we'll, we'll see definitely see some consolidation there but yeah. it's very interesting um it's especially as you said amazon's still growing you're a big fan of amazon i use amazon mostly for my books but recently i've started using them uh more for the e-reader stuff I don't read a lot. I like listening to audios. As you know, being living in Sydney, even something five minutes away in traffic becomes 45 minutes away. Yeah, definitely. So, so I get enough time to listen to a lot of stuff and do a lot of my meetings on the phone. <laughs> nice. Awesome. So what are we talking about next week? Or should we keep it a secret from everyone and uh, surprise them with a special? Yeah, I think Yeah, I think we we should surprise them with a special. Yeah, we, we might have a guest next week, which I'm very excited about. Talking to Chris, I believe you've met Chris too from uh, Vero, Get Vero, Miles? Yes, definitely. And which is, uh, yeah, which is awesome uh, email remarketing software. Yeah, it is. It's unbelievable. Uh, I've actually tested it. Um, it's a little bit... Um, it, it's amazing in as far as functionality goes. There's so many possibilities, and uh, I think we should get Chris on and explain just some of the tweaks that you need to do with your remarketing. It's it's basically like turning on a fire hydrant. It's it's that powerful. It could knock you over. So you've got to be just turn it on slowly. Get get what you need, and then turn it on a little bit more. And remarketing is probably one one of the biggest. Um, percentage increases in business online today. Yep, and, and, com- and conversions too. Like yeah, conversions. massive conversion and, rates. And you've paid for those people to come into your cart already. It's not like you're recycling your traffic basically. Yeah. And, and, and I guess to put it in a real world scenario, it's like someone walking in your shop, walking out and then coming back in again. So, And, and that happens a lot. But online, you really want to monitor how many people are coming in, what they're doing, and um, it creates a better experience for them. Totally agree. Okay, we'll have Chris next week. I'll basically have uh, uh, time to a chair and make sure he's ready for us. He's a very busy guy, which uh, we like that about Chris. We'll, we'll get him on the show. All right, until next week. See you guys later. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to Real ROI. For more information and transcripts of the show, visit the podcast website at www.realroi.pro.